Praise God. Family, um, we've been doing a series. Uh, for those of you who are you know, with us today for the first time, we started a series last week called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. It's an often time term that you hear, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. What does it really mean to be blessed? And, and if, um, if we are blessed, could we stand to be more blessed? Okay? And so I believe and, and know that through the scriptures, God has given us um, a, a formula to be blessed, to live the blessed life. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He says in his word that he wants us to be the lender and not the borrower. So how do we get to the purpose, uh, to the place of living a blessed life? And so last week we, we found out that the scripture really teaches that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so we, we found out what, what a life of generosity kind of like looks like. And, and, and it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And so there are people that have the mindset of the bag with holes in it. And, and so they get their income and they bring it in. And, but it's just, it's never full. It's never full because it always seems that there's a built up pay. Something breaks, something this, that, whatever. And the bag is just, it seems like there's just never enough. But then there's the basket mindset. And the basket mindset is that, you know what? God is the God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he's, his promise is that he's going to supply me with all of my needs. Not necessarily greeds, but he's going to supply me with my needs. And so if I come to the place to be able to start trusting that, then I can begin to start living in a place of, of, a place of giving of myself. It's not always material. It's not always money. It's, it's, it's of your time. It's that of service. It's that of lending an ear when someone, you know, I mean, do you know how many times I, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, hold on a second. No, seriously. Look at him in the eye. Brother, how are you doing? And how all of a sudden it's like, dude, man, I'm glad you asked me that. Could take 15 minutes of hearing and listening to what he has on his chest. Maybe an opportunity to pray God's blessing over that father, have your way sent within that situation. But when you live a life that's no longer centered around you, but you've placed God back into the center of you, your life now is about him. You embrace him. Amen? And so I gave a forewarning because these are teachings. I'm, I'm going to more teach than I am going to preach this morning because these are lessons that I believe that are within scriptures. And so I gave the heads up last week that um, we're going to be teaching on the principle of tithing this morning. Now, if you're with us for the first time, please understand that um, this is a, a delicate topic for me. There, there's so many preachers, there's so many televangelists, there's so many scammers and schemers hustling for your dollar that it, it's hard to then be able to preach. But, you know, to, to, to not preach the full counsel of God would, would then be an injustice and it would be, here's a from you. Um, this is a place I want to say right off the bat, I, here, here's my um, disclaimer statistically math shows not everybody is there if you're not there that's all right like there's no this god loves a cheerful giver so i'm the first one this ain't like you know one of those other 
I'll be the first one. Keep the money in your pocket. If you feel that that's where it's going to do you the best good, this is where you're at, yes, keep it there. But keep coming because we want to teach you certain principles. And God starts you right where you're at. So not everybody is at the place of, come, of this area of tithing. But what I want to do is I want to systematically, biblically show and teach the principle so that then you can come to a place and say, all right, Lord, where am I in my faith walk in my relationship with you? And if I'm over here and I'm kind of missing that mark a little bit, I need to know that if I take a little step over towards you this way and you show me, bring you, take a step towards me and we begin to walk through this process that God will not only bring you to a place of financial blessing where your needs are met, but that you truly come to a place that you'll be able to live the blessed life and give of yourself to others. Amen? Okay, so this is a teaching. Um, disclaimer, not everybody's there. I know that. Um, and, and I don't, my expectations, there is no expectations. Um, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, whoever walks into this, into, into this church is, 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 is to be pastored, is to be loved, is to be met exactly where you're at. Amen? So I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to get this teaching kind of um, out of the way, so, so to speak. And, um, and so pray for me. Amen? Now, in regards to being blessed... Do you know what, um, statistically, 50% of the world's population, that's 3 billion people, 3 billion people in this world, do you know how much they live on a day? Wow, $2. Half of the population of this world lives on $2 a day, $2 a day. How many people can say that they are blessed? I mean, looking at the statistics and saying, wow, all right, Lord, you know what? I'm not there. I may not be where I want to be, where I'd like to be, but I know that that's, I'm not there. And, and, and we can say that we are blessed. And incredibly, though, studies show that as income increases, giving decreases. And you would think that that's the opposite, wouldn't you? Like you think that, the, you know, the more a person makes, the more giving he becomes. But the gimmick of the adversary is that the more you have, the more you want. You can never be filled. The more you have, the more you want. And you come into living a place and you li- and, and, and I'm guilty of it because you wind up, what's my salary? You, you wind up living a life that's commemorate to your salary and you're still living week by week. I mean, I'm making more money than I was three years ago. Why am I not in a better position, in a better place? But it still seems that my check is week to week. I don't know how many people can relate with that. Statistically, in America, in this country, the average person, the average income, gives 3.1% to charity. All charities. It doesn't mean the church. It's just, you know, in charities, 3.1%. However, the person that le- earns less than $10,000 a year, you know how much they give? 5.2%. 5.2%. They, they make less money, but they wind up giving more. Now, this, this, this one shocked me. 200 grand. People that earn above 
$200,000 a year. You know how much they give? 0.07%. So the majority of the wealth that's being there is kind of like being hoarded. And the people that have less, that are living out, like, you know, struggling, are more giving within their nature. They're more apt to help somebody out. I think it's because we understand what it is to live life in the trenches. Our culture trains us and teaches us. Our government trains us and teaches us to spend more than we make. We live in a world and a society of, of credit cards and debt and, and, and percentage rates. And so it's, you know, if I need to borrow and it's borrow and it's borrow and our national uh, 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 debt, how many, how many trillions? Every day it's increased. And so, and so if, if, if we're learning from the top down, our government basically teaches that, you know, good, we're, we're, we're going to be spending more than we actually earn. And how many people know that that's not good economics? I mean, I think I, I, like, I didn't make it very far in math, but like, I, just looking at those, that's not good math. That's not good statistics. And this is what God, this is what God wants to know. This is what He wants to know of us. Will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? That's the, that's, that's the first point um, of this message. So if you have it, I want you to write that down. Because God tests us. He tests us. How do you know, how do you know if, 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 if a child understood the coursework? You give them a test. Right? At the end of the semester, you give them a test. And based on that test, you're going to know... Do, do they understand the principles or they, do they not understand the principles? If they don't understand the principles, guess what? Got to go past, the, you know, week one. Got to take the class over again until you know that you can pass the test. Oscar, can I get that slide? Thanks, buddy. <laughs> this is what God wants to know. Will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? So that's the first point of, of this morning. Um, God knows, God knows in Luke 16, 10 and 11, look at what the scripture says. Whoever can be trusted with very little, with very little, can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches, okay? So the person that can learn with a little bit, right? So my, the, that, that, that individual whose earnings is, is, is under the poverty level, if, if you can be trusted with the very little you have, I'm going to manage it, I'm going to be a good steward, I'm watching, I'm looking. If I can be trusted with a little bit, then as increases, I can be trusted with a lot. I'm going to grow through that process, Correct? However, if, if, you can't, if you're dishonest with a little bit, if you already have within your heart to scheme, to plan, to do this or that, and, and, and cut corners, if you can't be trusted with, with the little bit, how will you be trusted with a lot? Huh? So, so we have a principle that's in effect in regards to gain. 
And God knows that money and things is the number one contender for our hearts. It's the substance. What do we crave for? What, what is it that we live for? What's competing for us? Is keeping up with the Joneses? Is making sure that we can have the things that we want within our homes? And so, you know, change, change out that 30-inch screen for the 47-inch screen. It's, you know, it's the new upgrade on the phone. It's the new software. And it's the new instrument. It's the new, it's the new, it's the new. And it draws us and it just distracts us. And money promises what only God can give. Huh? You want to talk about security? You think that, you know, having money is going to provide you with security? That you having that portfolio within that stock market, that that's your security blanket? We live in such a volatile economy, that thing could crash at any given moment in time. Where's your security then? It's only until it becomes stripped away that we realize the thing that we were really holding on to. Now, where are we left? Oh, God. So you think, you know, money can't give you the security that God can give you? Freedom. Freedom. You think money can give you the freedom? Huh? It promises to give you freedom. Yo, you could go out and you could do this and you could go there and you could do... But all of a sudden, when it's all said and dried and gone... Where are you at? What are you left with? What are you feeling? But I could tell you from experience that, that I was never freer until I was found in a six by nine cell. When I came in and I realized who Jesus is and who God is, I never felt freer. What a deception. Because the reality is that only God can provide that kind of freedom, that kind of deliverance. Only God can provide you with that kind of power. Power isn't, isn't what you can exercise over an, an individual. When I do men's ministry, how, is it, how easy is it to break a dude down? How hard is it to raise him up? To teach him the ways? But our school systems and our government fails us in regards to educating us and teaching us how to properly handle money, how to properly maneuver. Where should our investments be? They don't teach us that. God can power you with your substance, with your power to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. My God, there have been moments and times I, I would step into a room and the heaviness is so heavy and people just kind of reach out and, and move like there's a, that, that you can carry in and usher in the presence of God. A word in season, O oh Lord, to be able to lift up a heavy heart, to be able to give guidance where, where confusion is in. Only God can provide, money can't provide that. Significance? What type of significance is it? I thought I was significant when I had that, you know, corner table bottle service. I had the red velvet rope and all of that thing going on and everybody knew me and the notoriety. I thought that was, man, I'm pretty significant. Until I met Jesus. Only God can provide you the significance, the transforming power to, to be his hand extended into the, for us. That's not wrapped up in money. Satan would love for us, loves for us to want to have the jewels, the clothes, the cars, the idols, all idols taking place of God. But listen to what the Word of God says in Matthew 6.24. No one 
No one. How many people? Not one can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So it's either one or the other. Categorically, you're going to fall in either one of those two positions. And at any given time, family, I'm telling you, at any given time, you could find yourself in either position. Because the adversary is that slick. In fact, I'm going to put down... Right now, my gamble, my bet, I guarantee you, you'll find yourself in that position. I find myself in that position. We're constantly fighting that position because the war, the whose spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. And so we're always within that struggle. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? Your lifestyle, the things you want, the things you do. Or are you putting God there and allowing God to then provide according to his riches, according to his glory? That's, that's where it's at. Ecclesiastes 5.10. And I told you I was going to go be going through a lot of scriptures because I don't want anybody, you know, this isn't, these aren't my words. This is, you know, coming from the scriptures. And, and, and we're going to wrap this up in, in a beautiful bow. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. The, the more I have, the more I want. You think I made that up? Look where I got it from. <laughs> I, y'all caught me. Uh, it's in the word. We live according to the word. We live according to the word. If you love money, you're never going to have enough of it. If you love weed, you're never going to be able to be able to get enough of it. If you love cocaine, you're never going to be able to sniff enough of it. If you love heroin, you're never going to be able to get high enough. If you love women, you're never going to be able to have enough of it. If you love shopping, you're going to be able to shop till you're dropping your clothes. You're never going to be able to have your closet full enough because when you have it full enough, then you're going to start emptying it out. And as you empty it out, you're going to begin to start pulling it back in and it's just never enough. It's never enough. So God, God devised a test. How can I test my people? How can I allow them to find the place and the position that, that they're going to know who's on the throne? Where do they stand? Categorically, where am I at? God, are you at the center? Oh man, Lord, right now I'm a little, you know, I'm like that car that needs to get its wheels balanced. Sometimes I've just got this full-out flat tire. And Lord, i got to come to that position and put myself back under the spiritual disciplines and get back to basics. And Lord, Father, I'm going to fast and pray through it. And then all of a sudden, boom, all the balancing comes. I go through that, and, and, and I'm where I need to be with Him. Amen? And that's always a struggle. But if I go through that struggle, I know, I know y'all are going to go through that struggle. So can we just keep it real at the peak? Can we just keep it real at the peak? Here's the test. Here's the test, and this is what I want everybody to, to, to understand. I want you to repeat, leave here today with this. I will give God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. Hmm? I will give God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. Let's say that together. I will give God of my first and my best so he can bless the rest. Here's what that is. Leviticus 2730. 
And we're going to pose, I'm going to, I'm going to give some arguments here. But Leviticus 27.30 says a tithe, a tithe, mahasar in the Hebrew word. It, it basically means a tenth, it's ten. Um, uh, uh, we get the word tithe from an English conversion. It was thiegos uh, and tithe. That's the, you know, the root etymology of the word. A tithe, ten. It's really ten percent. A tithe of everything from the land. Whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. So what it's saying is that the 10% of whatever Israel would be able to raise, agriculture, their increase, whatever the increase was, that they would turn around and give a tenth and bring that. And that was holy unto the Lord. The thing that struck out at me is that you know, the tithe technically isn't giving unto God. It's really returning back to Him. It's returning a portion back to Him. And, he re- and we return that portion for a specific reason. And we're going to go through, we're, we're, we're going to list that reason. But when you think about it, everything that we have is only because of God's grace. And so, so when we turn around and, and by faith, as children of faith... God, we're going to trust to the store over our substance. And so right off the top, I'm going to take 10% of that and I'm going to bring it back into the storehouse. I'm going to bring it to you. That's an act of faith. Well, I mean, I've heard people, a lot of people say it. I, I guarantee you there may be two or three people in here right now thinking it. Tithing is Old Testament. It's under the law. We're no longer under the law. We're under grace. I've heard it. I've, that, 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 that's an argument, right? But then when you turn around and you hold that onto the scriptural writings, we understand that the tithe predates the law. The tithe was around before the law was given in Leviticus. The tithe predates it goes back into Genesis 14, 18. Tithing first appeared in the Bible when Abraham gave one-tenth of the spoils of war to Melchizedek. Melchizedek was that Christ-like figure, that, that Christophany that Abraham had with the two angels, when the two angels then went into Sodom and Gomorrah. But when Melchizedek, who had no beginning and no, had no end, very mysterious, figure in scriptures, but most scholars would say was a Christophany, Abraham before hundreds of years before the law was even in existence. The tithe was given. Genesis 14 states, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of the heavens and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The Bible even turns around, and, and says that to not return unto God, what is God, is actually classified as stealing. What? As stealing. Malachi 3.8. Let's go into Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Where the Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse. The whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Whole. Oh. So there's a curse. If we don't walk under this, uh, this, this, this mm, 
God says that you would be under a curse. Now, let me, let, let me just disclaimer number two, okay? I believe God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. I know him to be so. And so I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to think walking out of here, oh my God, like, please, God is right where you're at, exactly where you're at. God's working with you right now for whatever reason you found yourself in this house. He's giving you some information, some enlightenment, not for conviction, not for condemnation, but really for movement in regards to obedience. Lord, where, where should I be? If you're not there, where, where am I? I begin to get there. Can you, can you take me there, Lord? Because if I walk in obedience and I begin to live my life out for you, will you begin to increase my life to the point that I can be there and give it all to you? So it's the growth process. We've got people in all, 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 all the areas of this growth. But if you begin to speak to those around you that do practice tithing and ask them, don't take it from me. Don't take it from the pastor. Don't take it from the preacher. It's not, it's not a matter of, of manipulating God's word. It's really trying to, Father, teach us your ways. How is it? How can we move? How can we move in order to be able to get to that blessed life? Amen? Amen. Matthew twenty three twenty three. I know some have said, all right, well, that's the Old Testament. The tithe predates the, uh, you know, the law. And so it goes in, but it's still Old Testament, right? But here, Old Testament, so, so tithing isn't in the New Testament. But here Jesus is telling the Pharisees and the scribes, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. To the Jewish culture, the tithe, that tenth was so under the, it was under the law. It wasn't even, that was expected. That was, it, it was assumed. That, that was something that everyone already knew was an automatic. It was an automatic. In fact, it was so much of an automatic that here Jesus kind of pointed it out to them. Of your spices, the small little grain, you would turn around and and, and cut off a little line off of 10%. Make sure that 10%, 10%, everything was so 10%. It was to the letter to the law. And they lived that out and they thought that that was enough. And Jesus said, no. No, that's not enough. That doesn't exclude you. Yeah, you should be doing that. But on top of that, what about justice? What about mercy? What about faithfulness? What about your grace? So it's got to be coupled. It's, 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 it's walking in obedience in regards to our tithing, but it's also walking in obedience to, to being His hand extended. So what are three things that the tithe does? And these are just for teachings and for notes. If anybody ever wants these slides or wants PowerPoints, you know, just, just email me, pastor at the pcc.com, and I'll forward you our PowerPoints presentations and my notes. If you ever wanted them, you know, to, to study them and, and go through and figure out, and then you could give me a call and be like, well, Pastor Rob, I feel like, you know, and I said, all right, we got to go do lunch. Come on, let's go sit down. And maybe you could teach me something about it, because that always happens too. Amen? 
Um, I love that. I love that when the, when, when, when the people of God begin to engage me and we can go even deeper into his word and, and, and I'm not above, you know, correction. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning as we go through this. Amen. The blessing of the tithe. What does the tithe do? What does it open up for us? Why, why should we even bother and do it? Well, the first one is tithe provides for God's work through his church. That's the first and foremost. Whenever anybody comes and brings an offering into this house, whenever a tithe is being in, because we have tithers that come in, the fact of the matter is I don't know who it is. Out of everybody that comes here, as you come and, and, and you're, I don't know personally who tithes and who doesn't tithe. I don't want to know. I'm in this situation why I don't want to know is because I don't ever want to have a, a, a judgment within my mind. I'm minister to everybody equally. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you give or don't give. Wherever you are with the Lord, I just want to be the type of pastor that will come alongside of you and help you grow from where you're at. Because I've been there. Who am I to turn around and, 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 and pass any type of judgment? But I've been from there to the place of tithing and offering and, and, and giving. So how do I make it happen? Can, can I just share my life with you? As a pastor, that's what I want to do. Amen. So, so tithing provides for the work of God through his church. What are some of the things? It says to bring back Malachi, bring the whole tithe, the entire 10% into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Malachi 3.10. The storehouse is the Old Testament depiction of the New Testament church. The peak. What do we do? What, and, and I, again, if you're visiting and you go to another church, your tithe belongs to people that belong to church. Not this one. This church, the tithe is of the people that belong to this church. Because what happens when the domestic family breaks down? Church family comes in. When someone's in the hospital and someone needs to get visit. When there's a baby dedication, I'm looking to dedicate that baby girl. You don't even know, Peyton. When a baby dedication, when a marriage takes place, when someone is sick, where are the prayers? Where, when, when your husband starts acting a fool, when you think your wife may be cheating on you, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? When, 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 when your oil bill goes out and, and, and you're stuck in a situation, like how, who's going to pray for you? Who's going to work things out? Who's going to give you some guidance? The storehouse, this is the job of the local church. This is what we do. So what... The, what your tithe comes in is, is that it'll impact this church and it'll impact the lives of the people and, and blessings begin to pour out. You know, if we practice this principle, we wouldn't need the government, the government to come in and meet the needs of the people. Church would be able to meet the needs of the people and be able to meet those needs in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't need the government. But if we as a community began to come together in, in regards in stewardship, now, this is why I say, because you know what? This is an important thing. For me, your money is your hard-earned money. So I don't, I'm not here, you know, like we're not, the church is in here. I, we, what we're doing is that we're mobilizing. We're equipping in order to be able to do. We got some of those slides, Oscar? The tithe provides for the work through his church. Huh? This was in the Kylie Center when we turned around and we were, we were out um, um, doing our youth outreach and we had a team, a lot of people that were giving it. And what great resources, relationships still built on this. Uh, 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 we had the police department come in and meet with our youth and this was in a high volatile time. This was in a high volatile time. Go to the next one. We're going to go real quick. 
the Peak Community Church, I mean, we were uh, filed in the Juneteenth Parade so that we could then become part of our community and so, uh, show uh, we've got uh, community outreaches in which we do our presentation and where we can uh, uh, show our presence. Go to the next one. Within that, I mean, um, that was at the Cali Center, the youth outreach. Fifi, oh, she's out with the kids. God bless those kids out in the back. Go ahead, go to the next one. I mean, we're big on the youth. Uh, we're, we're part of the uh, uh, chamber um, so, you know, I mean, hey, listen, that takes money. That's the registration, that's certifications, that's yearly annual things that wind up taking place. But as a, as a church within this community, we're not an island unto ourselves. And so we are part of the Chamber of Commerce within the city of Pisco. The next one. A police chaplain program. So training and certifications. Guess what? Um, I didn't just, you know, roll out and this wasn't a mail-ordered uh, uh, um, ordination that I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not one of those, you know, mail-ordered pastors that you could turn around and, and, and pull out. But, you know, I'm actually certified, I'm licensed, I've, I've, I'm qualified to preach. One of my qualifications is a crisis response. Who would have been? Could have taken a two-time convicted violent fool and made him a police chaplain. Come on, tell me that God doesn't have a humor. Tell me that God doesn't have a humor. Huh? Go to the next one. Let's bring it out. So, so now invitations wind up coming out. And so over at the Presbyterian Church with Pastor Stephanie, God bless her, truly a, a woman of faith, spirit-filled. But she opens up her place for the Friday night where we meet with the youth outreach and have opportunities to go and preach and minister at a gospel fest. Go to the next one. What do we do as a church? We're able to minister here every Sunday. The rent. The, the, the equipment, everything that it takes place, does this have a benefit? Does this have a place within this community? Will God, will God move in the amongst of people, amongst his people through this church? I believe so. I've already seen it happen. It's been happening. So, so your tithe in regards to bringing back to the storehouse is equipping and qualifying for a move within this community like the, it hasn't even seen before. Go to the next one. I look kind of heavy on that. Um, uh, blood and fire man trevor Asian army what a great relationship we have with them they they have this young man trevor and, and and um um heather young couple married love the lord uh we have a new lieutenant colonel that's there and now we have, have an opportunity to collaborate you know what she's done she's opened up her facility so that now that's where we meet on thursday nights on 117 nelson avenue we have uh, the p community church meets at the salvation army in order to do a systematic bible study guess what in this instance they partnered with us Hallelujah. Go to the next one. Life groups. Thursday night. That's rent. That's, that's all of these things. But is there a benefit? Is there a benefit to have a 12-step life recovery group in the city of Peekskill? <laughs> I'm in that group. I'm, I'm, not there, I'm not there just as a, as a moderator. I'm there as a participator. Come on. I, can I keep it real? Life groups. Go to the next one. As my wife looks at me underneath her glasses. <laughs> Youth outreach, GDX. Uh, um, Sunday on the, um, when we do the lunch, not, not next Saturday, uh, not next Sunday, the following Sunday on the 27th, we're going to have these kids here. They're going to perform. They're going to be part of our worship service. I can't wait to introduce to you this great group of kids, man. I love them, and, and what a privilege it is. We have so, so much fun. Go ahead and go to the next one. My kids um, are now part of, you know, this. they love this, this youth outreach, and it's not just, you know, arts and crafts. We're getting into the nitty-gritty. I'm talking about some of the things that we talk about, uh, uh, molestation. 
molestation, rape, drugs, things that these kids are truly suffering with, to see them break down, the tears to come out, to see the ministry uh, take place, and, and then the laughter and the joy, and really a community of one. Look at us, we're all wearing uh, battle greens and, and, and white t-shirts, and um, it, it's amazing. Uh, next one. I think that's it, right? One more. What's that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The contribution. All right. So we get it, right? So, so, so really the contributions that are here wind up going to what? To the things of the community. I, I believe God is going to, through us, God is going to move into this community in a mighty way. I see a gospel fest taking place on the riverfront. I already have the permits to, for the showmobile. Um, get uh, uh, worship teams to be able to come out. Get a couple of named artists that would be able to help and support. Get K-Love behind it. Convoy of Hope. I want to be able to begin to bring resources into this community. And, and it happens as we impact this community. You're faithful with the little things. God will make you ruler over much. I don't think that we have gotten to this point where we're at um, had it not been for God's faithfulness and us moving in faithfulness to God. There's the crew. (laughs) Squeaks, Mariah. I mean, they just, um, they're awesome kids. All right, so... The work of the work of the church, what we do. That's 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 where a lot of your contributions go to. What else? Wow, is that that loud? You heard that gulp? <laughs> All right. Two more points. I'm gonna move very quickly through it. Tithing teaches me to put God first. Tithing teaches me to put God first. That's the test, categorically. Is God first or is he not first in your life? Huh? Deuteronomy 14.23, the purpose, the purpose of tithing is to what? It's to teach. It's to teach you always to put God first in your lives. It's that simple. How else can we show that we put God first? Man, but hold on a second, Pastor Rob. I'm going to have to rearrange some things. I might have to reprioritize some things. I might have to scale back in certain areas. I might have to make some sacrifices. Well, that's... Kind of the purpose of what the tithe is. It teaches us to trust God. It doesn't happen overnight. But step by step, piece by piece, God will begin to reveal. Tithing teaches me to put God first. And the third and final point, faith in God. Tithing increases my faith in God. Tithing increases my faith in God. Um, I'm not sure how many amens I can get. I I know we have some tithers in this church, but I've learned personally by becoming a tither, I wasn't always one. But I can do more with 90% that God blesses. That's going to go way further than 100% without His blessing. I don't know. It's not. It, it's a principle. I can't figure it out. But I know that I do more with ninety percent that's been blessed by God because I'm walking in obedience. But when I try to keep it all for myself, and it seems like it's just never enough. It builds our faith. He increases you as He increases you. You have an opportunity to increase His kingdom. That's the way it works. He will test you along the journey. But the journey, basically, for the believer that's looking to get to that next level, is here. He not only tests us, but check this out. He gives us, he not only the opportunity to test him. Huh? He not only tests us, but in that test, we have an opportunity 
to test him. Look at what it says in Malachi, the second part of that verse. 310b. Test me. What? Test me in this. Who said that? The Lord. God is saying, test me in this. Almighty and see. The Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing. What are we living? The blessed life. He's going to pour out such a blessing that we will not have room enough for it. We're going from the basket mentality, the basket mindset, remember last week? Over to the barn mindset. We go from bags and holes. Oh my God, this is a principle. We hear it, we learn it, we test him in it. We're faith's back, we turn around, now we've got baskets. And from our baskets, we come to a place that we're faithful that he brings us to the barns. He fills our barns. That means that you're going to wind up being the person that can cut that $2,500 check when a missionary feels a call to go into a third world country. That means that God will turn around and bring you to a place that would be able to provide a down payment for a church van, for, for, for a community outreach. For, you, know, you, go from, you go from walking in obedience in the little things that God will then turn around and begin to call you for the heavier things. And what an awesome place. I'll never, rem- I'll never forget the first barn check that I ever cut and was able to cut to Yorktown. For, um, it, we were raising money for that van. And, um, you know, when you've got to check for a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> but, my God, I was in a place that I was able to cut a check. It didn't leave me with much. It didn't leave me with much. But I think of $40 where I was when I came home. $40 state money in my pocket, not even knowing what. <laughs> From there to there. The process. How do you bring it? 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 He not only tests us, but he gives us an opportunity to test him. Malachi 3.10, it says, test me in this. The number 10 in scripture is very important because it's a a test of our obedience. In numerology, you know, seven is the number of perfection. Uh, Six is the number of the adversary. Six, 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 one underneath seven. Numerology winds up taking a huge thing in scriptures. Well, just out of, um, how many many commandments are there in scriptures? How many? Ten. Ten commandments that that tests our obedience. When, When God tested Pharaoh's heart and he was pushing in it, how many plagues did he bring upon Huh? How many? Ten. He brought ten plagues. Huh? How many virgins were ten lepers waiting for the bridegroom with their lampstands? How many? Huh? Ten. Ten bridegrooms. How many lepers were healed and tested to come back? to G- Ten, right? He sent ten. How many of them came back? One. Exactly ten percent returned unto the Lord in regards to the lepers that were sent out. How many disciples were there? I'm just checking to see. All right, so, so 10 is the number of testing all throughout the Bible. Why do you think he's pulling it out as a test unto us? We give God, we give to God first. We give to God first. And here's the principle, and this is where that bag mindset 
kind of comes in and we begin to battle. Because, you know, with the bag mindset, you want to put everything inside the bag. And then what's ever left over, then that's what you turn around and give, right? Because everything else, but that means that everything else is first. When, when you put God first, that means you're going to cut off what goes to God off the top. And you're going to trust God that, that whatever's left over is going to be able to meet the rest of your needs. That's a place of faith. But it requires faith to give God first. Because if you give last, there is no faith demanded upon you. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns, not your bags, not your baskets. But then your barns will be filled to overflowing when we put him first the first fruits we we cut it off the top amen think about what god gave he gave us his first he gave us his best huh for god gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believed in him shall not perish but gain everlasting life romans 5 8 says but god demonstrated his own in this place for us in this while we were still sinners. How many still a sinner in this place? Can we keep it real at the peak? Because, I mean, at the peak, you'll have a pastor that'll have his hand up first before you. I recognize my faults. I know I fall short. And yet, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for us. How much would you say that you love and trust God? I'm going to pray for us tonight and... Um, Again, I want to put the disclaimer out. Wherever you are within your walk, I want you to understand and know that you have a house here. That you have a church family here. It doesn't matter where you are in regards to you know, your, your faith walk and your spiritual walk. Wherever that is, that there's a place and God is saying, I want to come alongside you and grow you. I want to come alongside you and grow you. I believe that just, just with the tithers we have within this house, I've been worried. About, God's already moving miraculously. I'm, not, I'm really not even worried about it. Like it, It's not even a concern. That's, that's how confident I am in His work. So it's not a matter of, 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 of needing. It's a matter of growing. So, um, so let's pray. Amen. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to gather in your house, to hear your word, to hear your teachings. I pray, Lord Father, that um, as we were challenged this morning with your word, that you would do a work, that you would reveal to us, confirm, manifest yourself, Lord. Open up our ears and touch our hearts, God. We thank you, Lord, for, for the blessed life that we already live, no matter what our needs may be at this current time. We know that we're better off than half the population in this world. We know, Father God, that there's a roof over our head, that somehow, some way, we've got clothes on our backs and we're going to make it through this winter. But Lord Father, I just ask right now, blessed life to increase, for your people to be more blessed. Teach me as a pastor, as the shepherd that, that you've called over this house to come alongside of your sheep, Lord, and, and to listen and hear and, and know their hearts and, and that they would know your voice through me, God. And, and I just ask, Lord, that you have your way. Let your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. We ask these things in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you, family. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.